Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Amen. Jonah chapter 2 is where we're going to be tonight. And so this is part two of the message series uh, that we're currently in called Inside. Everybody say inside. Inside the fish. Any fishermen here tonight? You clean fish. You've seen what the inside of fish looks like. That's nasty. Y'all are nasty. That's nasty. I like to eat fish, but I don't like to clean fish inside the fish. Well, we know this story. Uh, if you've grown up in church or vacation Bible school, a little man named Jonah and a big fat fish. And, uh, but what we learned and what we've been learning is it's more than just a man who disobeyed God and who got swallowed by a fish and then threw up with vomit on the seashore. Everybody say inside the fish. <laughs> yeah, Jonah saw all that. So, so we know the story is Jonah was given a word by God. He's not just a normal, ordinary man. He was a prophet of God to speak God's word to people in that time frame. And he was given a direct order to go to Nineveh. And instead, he changed the, he's changed everything and said, I'm not talking to you anymore, God. I'm going to do my thing. I'm not going to talk to you anymore, God. I'm not going to show up at church anymore, God. I'm going to do my thing. Okay. So, 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 so he said, I'm going to go do my thing. And so God says, no, no, I'm always going to have the last word. So God sends a storm. Everybody say, he sent the storm. God sent the storm, and then, and, then, and then all the people that were on the ship with him, the ship crew that allowed him on their ship, we talked about that, that you can get caught up in someone else's storm, a storm that was never intended for you because of someone else who's running from God. And we said that it's not just necessarily people who are lost, who don't know Jesus. It could be people who know Jesus, who are running from God, running from what God wants to use them to do, and then we get caught up in their storm because we allow them in our lives. Everybody say, oh, me. So we know that part of the story. And so the ship crew was like, hey, we don't understand. Weather.com said the sea should have been calm today, but something's going on. And they, and they cast lots. They're trying to figure out who's responsible. Who's, where's the sin in the camp? Why are, we, why are we experiencing this? And they come and figure out that it was Jonah. Jonah said, yep, it's me. Uh, I'm running from God. And, and, and we're going to actually go back to the end of the first chapter, verse 17. And, and, and they said, and he said, just throw me overboard. Now, this was what, what was interesting to me. They had such a kind heart. There's a lot of people, Christians, who are kind-hearted. They're like, man, I'm not, I'm not going to just throw them overboard and just do, do away with them. And they try, actually tried to roll back to, to shore. They're like, I, I get that, and he's repented, so we're going we're gonna to try to help, and we're going to get him back to where he needs to be. No, no, the, and the Bible says that the storm grew worse because they were in disobedience for what God was trying to do. It was never their storm. It was never intended for them. It was intended for Jonah. So Jonah says, send me overboard. They threw him overboard. Verse, we're going to pick up verse 17. It should be on the screen. That says, but the Lord, but the Lord provided. Everybody say provided. The Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three days. Nights. We talked about this last week or week before, wherever we are. Never mistake God's provision for his punishment. And I know when we say provision, we think monetarily, but it, I mean, when God, when God sent the fish to swallow Jonah, he provided it 
And Jonah was probably thinking like we would thought, well, man, God must hate me. He, I mean, I mean when, he, when, when he jumps overboard, he's probably thinking, dude, I'm going to die. This is it for me. I, I, I deserve death, right? Because he's been disobedient. But God still had other plans for Jonah. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that next week, the God of a second chance. We're going to talk about that. But he's thinking, it's my fault. Throw me overboard. He's thinking, my life is over. I'm going to die. I've disobeyed God. I deserve death. And he was thrown overboard and swallowed up. And for the first time, Jonah was exactly, exactly where God wanted him to be. For the first time in this story, he was exactly where God wanted him to be. It, and how many knows, it, you're not all, when, when you follow God, you're not always going to be where you want to be. <laughs> and it ain't always going to work out the way you think it needs to work out. But Jonah was right where. God intended him to be. Why? Because it was there that he developed a right spirit. Everybody say right spirit. He developed a right spirit. I don't know about you, but if I was in the middle of of a whale seeing all this other stuff floating by me that the whale had eaten, I would not be developing anything but a a sour stomach. I like, you know what I'm saying? Like if you're that person that, you know, somebody throws up or they sound like they're going to throw up and it just sets you off inside like, yeah, that's me. But but for Jonah, he was right where God wanted him to be because he was developing a right spirit. What kind of spirit was he developing? Or God was developing him a broken spirit. We talked about that last week, that God only uses, God only uses broken things, broken vessels. Listen, when God fills you, he fills you and I with himself, but it requires a broken spirit. Vessel, And that makes absolutely no sense to us, right? I mean, you think about God and you think, you think about how magnificent he is and how he's the creator of the universe. He's awesome. Everybody say awesome. He's awesome. But I'm going to take something that extravagant and put it in a broken vessel. Like, that makes no sense. Like, if we get something extravagant, what do we do? We, we go get a safety deposit box or we, we frame it up. Or we do, but we're not going to put it in a vessel that's got holes in it, right? And, and this is what God showed me today as I was chilling in the backyard and studying my notes. This is what he showed me. Pretend this glass was broken, okay? I couldn't shatter a glass to make it broken, so you got to work with me, okay? But say this glass was all cracked up and broken. Matter of fact, let's change that. Let's pretend like the bottom half is broken because this is... Make sure I don't get ahead of myself. I want to make sure I do this right because you don't put anything great of great value and worth into anything that's broken, But I believe that each one of us have a little bit of brokenness in us. That's why we're saved, right? Because there was a a moment in your life where God broke you and you you got saved. But for a lot of people, for a lot of people, this is about all that he'll fill up because he only fills a broken vessel. That's the part where you got saved. And then the rest of this is what's at the surface. That's what we want everybody else to see, that we got it all together. Well, he can't feel that part. You know why? Because it's not broken. Does that make sense? Because, because you can be a Christian and not be completely broken. There's a little bit of brokenness, but he'll only feel you to the amount that you've allowed him to break you of your pride, self, ego, agenda, your way, my way. Okay? So there's a lot of Christians that that's about all they get of Jesus. But, but that's not what he wants to do. He wants to break you. So that he can fill you up. 
so that you can go out. And if I had another glass, you could pour Jesus into the life of someone else's life and then run back to the Father and fill it up again. That's what he wants you to do. So are you this Christian? You just ask yourself tonight. Are you this Christian where you're only broken to the point where I'm saved and I'm good with that? Or are you broken completely at service, service, surface level so that God can use you to overflowing? You answer that question tonight. So, 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 so let, let, me just, let, me just, let me just share something with you real quick. Hold your finger in Jonah, but flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. I want to take you somewhere. I really want to get through all of this tonight because it, it really needs to stay all together. So I'm going to go really, really quick. So stay with me. Everybody say, buckle up. Buckle. Buckle up. It says, this, this is an encouraging message. This, 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 this verse right here is encouraging to let you know because when you hear God, God only uses broken things. We don't understand that. But let me show you what God says. But God chose. Everybody say chose. He broke this down to me. He, he didn't just go, oh, well, I guess I'll use Bradley. No. I guess I'll, I'll, guess I'll use Richard. No, no, no. He chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And he chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify. Everybody say nullify. To cancel the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Basically, what this is showing us in a nutshell is this. It's showing us the qualifications to be used by God. How many in the house tonight want to be used by God? You want to be used by God. Here's the qualifications. Check this out. God doesn't use wise people. He doesn't use strong people. God doesn't use people who boast in their own strength. God uses foolish people. That's me. God uses weak people. That's me. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around that. And I, and I thought about that. This, the greater the anointing, the greater the breaking. The greater the anointing, the greater the breaking process must be. If you want to be used by God, you have to get broken before God. I was thinking about this. Anybody ever broke an arm, broke a leg, had to wear a cast? Or, or, or had to wear a cast? What is a cast typically used for? It's used to... Uh, 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 to, to, to restrict mobility and to hold the bone in place so that it can be put back together. So let's think about that with Jonah. God provides the fish and it acts like a cast. Think about this. The fish acts like he, he's disobeyed God. He wanted to go in the opposite direction. God said, no, 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 no. We're going to do it this way now. And he was right where God intended him to be. And so the, 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 the fish is acting like a cast for Jonah's destiny. I shared with you last week just a portion of, I didn't even go into detail, but I allowed myself to get caught up in someone else's storm years ago. And then I allowed myself to get caught up in a situation that I should have never allowed to happen. And, and then I remember being completely stripped of mobility. I wasn't paralyzed physically, but spiritually there was a paralyzation. Is that a word? I don't even know. Don't even look that up because that was probably my, my, my dictionary. But I was paralyzed and I, I felt, well, God must have been mad at me. Remember what I said. Never, never mistake God's provision for punishment. 
And I thought I was being punished, but really God was providing a safety for me, and he was doing the same thing for Jonah. In spite of his, his, his disobedience, he was providing a fish to make sure that it protected the destiny that God had for Jonah. Some of you tonight could be going through a storm. Some of you here tonight could feel like you're being stripped of your mobility to do great things for God. But perhaps God has got you in a place where you... You have to be completely, because when we feel like we got to do it our way, we're like this. But sometimes God's got to put us like this, where I can't move. I don't know how big that fish was, and I don't know how big a stomach of a whale is. But, but I just want to believe that it was really, really tight, a tight fit inside that fish. He had Jonah right where he wanted him to be. Right where he wanted him to be. So how do you, how do you know if you're truly broken before God? When you start praying like Jesus prayed, Father, not my will, but yours. When you start praying that way, listen, you can be a Christian. I said that while you can be a Christian and not be broken, but you're less likely to be used by God to do anything great. You can be saved. But remember, he only uses broken vessels. You can be saved and not completely broken. You can be a Christian and not attend church regularly. But I assure you, if you stay out for too long, the enemy will come around full circle and and just completely destroy you in the destiny that God has for your life. Matter of fact, you can even come to church and not be a Christian. It's important that we stay broken. Everybody say brokenness. Brokenness, listen, is necessary. Brokenness is so necessary, but brokenness, write this down if you're taking notes. Brokenness is a season. Not a destination. It's a season. And don't mistake what I'm saying. I'm not trying to say you you, you become unbroken and get cocky and egotistical. No, no, no. But you can't stay there. Jonah couldn't live in the fish. Okay? That was a place that God had to get him to break him of his personal pride and agenda. Okay? You can't live in the belly of the fish. But the belly of the fish is a phase that you and I must go through. Our whale and the belly looks different for us. Thank God he's not having to get my attention by me going out to Cedar Key with James and Carlos in a, in, in, out there on a tube and, and providing a whale to come up and get me to get my attention. He's got my attention the whole time I'm out there. Matter of fact, people are like, you went out there and tube? You're crazy. That's the most dangerous place. You should have went to the Swanee River. None of all there's that crazy fish to be jumping up and gators. I don't want nothing to do with that. So I went out there and just hoped that Carlos knew how to read the little meter to show where the oyster bars were. He didn't need a, a whale to get my attention. He got my attention. God, I'm trusting you when I come out here on this tube that I'm not going to die. Have you ever been there before? But see, God can get our attention any way he wants to. Did you hear me? God can get... My attention and your attention any way he wants to. Everybody say, inside the whale. So Jonah's in the whale, and although he seems to be completely helpless, I mean, he ain't going nowhere. There's two ways out. Y'all know. <laughs> I almost got real descriptive, and I was like, nah, I shouldn't do that. They probably know. There's, there's only two ways out. He looked, he felt helpless, but he was not hopeless. See, we got to get to a place where we may feel helpless, but we can't become hopeless. We have to know that God is working all things out for our good. I may be in a storm, but God will make sure, as long as I'm surrendered and broken, God will make sure that he walks with me out of that storm. 
And you may be in a place tonight where God is mending and reshaping you. Perhaps you feel helpless, but let me encourage you tonight. You may appear to be helpless, but you are not hopeless. You have a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. You may ask, well, what do I do when I don't know what else to do? Anybody ever been there? God, I don't know. Remember what I said? Some of y'all came in tonight. God, if you don't move, I'm moving. I'm going to be like Jonah, 2,500 miles in the opposite direction. Listen, there's only one thing you can do, and it's what Jonah did. There's only one thing you can do when you don't know what else to do. Pray. Pray. Tonight, I want to I encourage you, and I'm going to give you four observations. That's it, that we're going to look at through these verses, and it's going to go really quick. I want to give you four observations that I made in Jonah chapter 2. Everybody say, action plan. Listen, when you feel like you're in the belly of a fish, what should your prayers look like? They're going to go quick. It's going to go real quick, so write this down. The first, the first thing that we see, and we're fixing to read these, and I'm going to pull these apart. The first thing we're going to see in Jonah's prayer that our prayer should look like, I, mean, I don't know how to pray. Check this out. It should be, it's a prayer of precision. Everybody say precision. That means precise. That means when I go to Tire Mart and get them to rotate my tires, I need them to be precise on making sure all the... Everything gets put back together like it's supposed to. That when I go down the road, I had an employee one time. He he left the tire place and he got to the light and they all fell off and he went boom. That's a bad day. Everybody say precision. Got to be precise. His prayer is precise and it's specific. I remember getting a text one time uh, um, in Georgia. We were doing the twenty-one day fast, getting ready to go into it, and I received a text in from a member of our church, and they said. What can, what, can, um, what can my wife and I pray specifically for you and Amy through this fast? Now, he didn't say, God bless you. I'm believing the best for your life, the best days ahead of you. Uh, your best days are still... He didn't say none of that. No, no, he was very specific and precise with the question. He, he wanted to pray specifically for what I needed. And the lesson that we need to learn from that is this. Yes, we need to understand the weapon we have in prayer, but we also need to get descriptive and specific with what we pray. In Jonah 2, we see that Jonah being very descriptive and very specific in his prayer. I read a quote that said, pray and let God worry. Pray and let God worry. Now, that messed with my, my spiritual side. I was like, well, God don't worry. No, he doesn't. He just works it out. Remember what I said? Just give it to him. Let him. He just work it out. But we down here trying to spin it. Just give it to God and let it work out. Philippians 4, 6 says this. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation. Say every situation. That means everything we go through in life, we are to be anxious not. Everybody say be anxious not. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything... In every situation, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving. It's amazing to me that we can be precise with our worry, but so generic with our prayers. We can be real precise with, I mean, dear Facebook and all my family and all my followers and all my friends. Blankety blank, blank, blank. All this stuff has happened to me. Post. Oh, shoot, I forgot some stuff. New post. And then I had to go through, no, 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 no. We're real specific when it comes to, but we ain't, we're not specific with God 
in praying. We're just like, okay, God, whatever. I'm believing you. No, tell him. Stop telling them. Stop telling your keyboard and letting it all. Just say, God, he already knows what you're going through. He just, he's not concerned with your situation, but he's very concerned with the condition of your heart. He ain't worried about that stuff. God's not worried about the, the storms. He's got you. He's more concerned with the condition of our hearts. I don't know about you, but I got some specific challenges that I need God to step into and take care of. It's not the time for me to throw up flippant flippant prayers to God. How many specific answers to God? Do you have something specific that you need God to do in your life? Oh, I need a promotion. God, I need, I need a promotion. Man, I, I need a promotion. Y'all pray. I need a promotion. Why aren't you praying? Stop telling everybody else on Facebook. Prayer request. That's cool. If you, you need two or three people to gather with you so he'll show up. But have you prayed first? Oh, when, will, when will I get married? Oh, my kids are crazy. My kids are crazy. Stop. God, help me to be a better parent to my kids and to understand what they're going through and be a better parent. Be specific. How how do we pray? We pray God's word. Check this out. Jonah chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. This is going to go real quick. From From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. He said, in my distress, specific, Precise. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. That sounds real familiar. Flip over to Psalms chapter Psalms chapter 30. See, now remember what, we just, what he just said. Now, now check this out. David said, oh, Lord, you brought me up from the grave. You spared me from going down into the pit. What Jonah was praying, if you, had, if you put those, both those passages side by side, he was praying the word. Maybe it was in a song he had heard previously, or maybe he was at, at, at the temple and he heard the priest, but he heard something. It's almost identical. Let's go on to Jonah chapter 2, verse 3. Oh, I just read that. Shoot. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. The correlation is Psalms 42. Deep calls to deep. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. He's praying the exact same thing that David prayed and turned into a song in Psalms. I'm not going to do the rest of those verses. The, The point is... If you need to learn how to pray, go back to Psalms and go to Proverbs and start praying the word. Number two, the thing we see in, in this, this is inside the fish. This is how he's praying. This is what Jonah, this is what's happening inside the fish with Jonah. The second one is prayer of passion. When Jonah's praying all of these prayers, and, and I encourage you to go, I'm not going to take the time to read all these, but just in verse, in, in chapter two, all these verses, he's showing you an emotion He's given us a picture of real emotion. Yet we come to church and treat it like it's a compartmentalized piece of our life. So we don't, we don't show any emotion, because, especially midweek, because we, 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 we've had a crazy day. But God wants to go, will you be full of emotion with me? Will you be precise when you speak to me? You're precise to your wife. 
You're precise to your husband when you're telling, giving him the third degree and all the stuff that's on your mind. How come you won't tell God about it first? Let him handle it before you start blurting stuff out to a spouse that you had no business saying and now you can't take it back. We treat God like he's distant. Like he really isn't, he's not in tune with what's going on. Listen, I get it. We don't want to show emotion. We don't want to lift our hands in worship. We don't want to worship loudly. Bradley, you sing. You and the team, y'all sing for us. We don't want to cry out before the Lord. We'll cry out on Facebook. (laughs) But you won't come in here and cry out to God who can actually change what's going on in your life. But you want to cry about it on poor pitiful me. But you won't tell God. You won't come to the altar and just say, forget what Pastor Bradley's singing. Forget what lyrics. God, I need you right now to come into my life and change my circumstances. God, I trust you. See, every other part of our life, we're full of emotions. When I saw Amy Weber walk across the call center for the very first time, the only song that could hit my mind was Mariah Carey. You got me feeling emotions. No, I'm serious. When I saw Amy for the first time, I was full of emotions. And I let her know. Start bringing her biscuits and start, start bringing her breakfast. We weren't, we weren't even dating. I just want her to know, I see you. But see, we're full of emotion. When Ansley Grace was born, I was full of emotion. I was crying. But things were happening. But when we come to church, I lift my hands. Oh, really? Lay down my heart. I ain't laying down nothing. That's what, that's what you're telling him. We're so full of emotions all 24-7, but when we come in here, we block it out and go, mm-mm. He said, God, in my distress, you heard my cry. The third thing we see, and I'm trusting you're going to go home and, and read these verses in chapter 2. The third thing we see is it's a prayer for desperation. Have you ever noticed that when you get desperate, you get determined? When you get desperate for something, you get determined. He ever woke up in the middle of the night and needed something to drink? I mean, like, just like, oh my God, I need to stick my face in front of a fire hydrant. <sighs> or I remember one night, it was like acid built up, and I thought somebody set a fire in my throat, and I was like, <laughs> I was trying to run into the kitchen. When you get desperate, you get determined. Why? Because if I'd have laid there, I could have probably suffocated with whatever that stomach fluid that was coming up was burning a hole in my esophagus. When you get desperate, you'll get determined. We're not desperate. You know why people aren't packed in here tonight on a Wednesday night? Because we're not desperate. It's true. You walk in here desperate, you'll be determined. My circumstances will change. They may look the same when I walk out, but bless God, I know that I'm going to do something in here that's going to change them out there. Whenever God wants them to change, that's not up for me to determine. We want God to change some things, but we want to see it. Come on. We want to see it right now. God don't work that way. Matter of fact, when you put a time limit on God, God says, oh, okay. Okay. He let Jonah get on that ship. Let's not wait till we get in the belly of a fish to become desperate. Let's not wait till we get in the belly of a fish to become desperate for God. Let's, let's get desperate now. 
The fourth, the fourth thing that we see in Jonah, and I apologize, I, 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 and I served it up, but it's okay, is the posture of his prayer. It's the posture of his prayer. He was precise. Give him back to me. He's precise. He was passionate. He was desperate. And it was the posture of his prayer. Jonah 2.9 said, But this is in the fish. And I'm done. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, he's down there in the bottom next to all that. And he said, with a song of thanksgiving, with sacrifice. (laughs) It took a sacrifice to say, okay, God, I'm down here with all this stuff. Sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. What I have vowed to the Father for my life and my family, I fall short a lot of the time. But I, I was talking about me, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. That was not a prayer for deliverance. That was, but, but rather that was a prayer of deliverance. That was praying what he, it's <laughs> call things that are not as though they were he was praying as if it, he was already out of the fish he didn't know what, he didn't know which direction he was going to shoot out <laughs> he didn't know but he said God I, I, in the midst of this I sacrifice I'm pushing through it might have threw some stuff in there like God if you'll let me out of here whichever way you need to I, I go to Nineveh it, he didn't, it didn't dictate everything he said but I'm just telling you, God, you got my attention. Don't let it take a whale to get your attention. The posture of his entire prayer is a posture of gratitude. Basically, he's saying, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be where I'm at. I'm grateful. How in the world do you say that? I'm in the middle of a fish. I'm grateful. Because when you get grateful, listen, you get faithful. Too many ungrateful Christians. Too many entitled Christians. God works with broken vessels. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.